Rise and shine. Pour yourself a cup of coffee and tune in to Good Morning Aurora. News, weather, and really cool interviews. Monday through Friday from 8 to 9 a.m. Good morning, Aurora. Good morning, Aurora. Good morning, Aurora. The second largest city's first daily news podcast is here to save your life if we have to. We're at the Aurora Regional Fire Museum. I know you see it. I know you see it. Well, you don't see it yet, actually. <laughs> it's a big change. I'm not aware but of actually, if you're looking at the drone, you can see it. Actually, if you're if you woke, right, you might be able to pinpoint where it's at, the location of Broadway and New York Street. Anyway, we are here with Mr. Brian Failing. Round of applause for our brother from another one. All right, all right. Now we have some news and updates for you before we get into our interview. So without delay, let's hit it. All right, lots going on, lots going on. Um, tomorrow at 11 o'clock, there's going to be a ribbon cutting ceremony at Flexray, a leading x-ray inspection and recovery service for the food industry and they're newly located in Aurora. Aaron B. Guthrie, Director of the Illinois Department of Commerce and Economic Opportunity, Mayor Richard C. Irvin, Brian Gay, President and CEO of Invest Aurora, and Randy Jesberg, CEO of Flexray, will be available to answer media questions, follow the ribbon cutting ceremony. Investments in a new 48,000 square foot cutting edge facility will support an array of customers served by the company, including the hospitality industry all while maintaining COVID-19 protocol. Flexray plans to hire 150 workers from the community. So that's good news. That is great news. news, that's great. Uh, Luigi's Pizza will be hosting trick-or-treating on October 31st from 4 to 6 p.m. Bring out the kids. Luigi's is located at 732 Prairie Street in Aurora. The public is invited and parking and admission is free. Goodie bags with treats, coupons, and discounts will also be handed out. First Fridays is on November 6th. It's going to be something different um, as everyone in the event is complete with virtual crowd-free and small in-person events to celebrate Day of the Dead. Shops along Broadway will display ofrendas or altars outside of their businesses. Look for Sugar Skull City artwork and more. Full details can be found at auroradowntown.org or the Aurora Downtown Facebook page. Um, something else coming up for the lots of holiday stuff going on. <laughs> lots of stuff. Um, one dollar, one dollar. You got a dollar? You got a dollar. You got a dollar. Holla for Every, a dollar. <laughs> everybody's got a dollar. One dollar holiday photos at curated displays will be offered at a few downtown locations on November 21st, November 28th, and December 5th. Word up. Professional photographers will socially distance and wear masks, and photos are going to be on a first come, first served basis. Um, and you'll be able to download those photos. You'll go there, get your pay your dollar, get a photo. You can download the um, the photo and then you know send it out to your little Christmas card. So mm. no excuses. Again, you can find out more more information on that on the Aurora downtown website. And then lastly, uh, the cocoa crawl. Um, due to COVID nineteen, the cocoa crawl is going to be a little different. It's not going to be like it was last year. Everybody crowding into a a small place. Yeah, um, so <laughs> it was you fun got the though. Kids next to you and shit. Excuse me. It was. It's cold, but everybody gets cocoa. It's it's a nice way to just kind of get out and stop around and hop around at night. Wow. Um, so the 2020 cocoa crowd, cocoa 
Craw mugs <laughs> will be sold. <laughs> Jeez, man. <laughs> will be sold starting on November 6th, along with hot cocoa recipe cards and more at select downtown businesses. So, yes, looking forward to that one. It's one of my favorite days of the year. It's a nice day. Yeah, I do, I do right. like it. Yep. Santa usually comes out, he's out there walking around. Mm -hmm. So, all yeah. good. You bring your marshmallows too, you bring the big ones. Yes. Put like two of those in a you know little cellophane or something yep. like that, and bam, just don't go <laughs> there. Yeah, be that dude on the bus who brought his own marshmallows. <laughs> and those mugs were a hot commodity last year. Yep. Remember, we were yeah. trying, to track, trying to track them down. So yeah. nice. Make sure All you right. jump on that. So, and now the weather. You got no sports? Well, the Bears lost, so we have no sports. <laughs> <laughs> they lost to the Rams 24 to 10. Super fan. <laughs> Christine went to bed about halftime. <laughs> so. That's awesome. All right. So the current temperature is 34 degrees. The high will be 41 degrees today and should be reached by 3 p.m. It's cold and gloomy out there, y'all. It's a cold and gloomy day. Um, so tomorrow looks to be 55, I believe, and sunny. So that should be a lot nicer than it is today. But another, uh, you know, today's one of those chamomile, Earl Grey tea, cuddle up with your blanket, Columbo, something like that for you out there. Yesterday, the city of Aurora had a street naming ceremony for Mr. George Rayford, pastor of the New Community Baptist Church. Mr. Rayford also prepares to celebrate his 75th birthday. We wish him the very best. Um, that church is at the corner of New York Street and Smith Street, right across from the Dunkin' Donuts right there. Um, Serendipity Resale Shop has moved to Aurora from downtown Naperville. I'm very excited about that. Oh, you know about it? Yes, Sarah? yes. Oh, really? Yeah. It used to be a crowd. Well, then. Next to the next to the two brothers and the uh, candy store. Across from the Lululemon and the uh, oh. Jimmy John's. It's right there on the Jefferson. On Je Jefferson. Uh, mm, no. Is that Jefferson? Yeah, Jefferson. Yeah. Anyways, Jefferson. it was it was right there. You go Jefferson. down Lululemon. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's Jefferson. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, okay. we got them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, they moved from downtown Naperville, excuse me, after 50 years, located in the Aurora Marketplace strip mall at 59, or excuse me, Route 59 and 75th Street. They reopen on the 16th of next month with hours of 10 to 5. Shout out Serendipity. Now, all we really need, Lumelnati's. Yeah, come from Jefferson. Bam! Get right down here. Woo! Get a little patio out here. That'd be great. That'll be great. <laughs> The next round of the change initiative sessions are uh, this Thursday, the 29th at Impact Church, 4054 Fox Valley Center, and Thursday the 5th at Society 57, 100 South River Street in Aurora. Um, each 90-minute listening session will begin at 6 p.m. with Mayor Richard Urban. Is this place haunted? Yeah, probably. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Man, my heart just, just <laughs> jumped out. All the, the ghosts of the fire museums are right, coming seriously. out. Wow. Oh my goodness. <gasps> Who knew? That was spooky. <laughs> just now, it does today, the other ones were not. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, uh, each 90 minute listening session will begin at 6 p.m. with Mayor Richard Urban, Aurora Police Chief Kristen Zeman, and Deputy Chief Keith Cross and other city officials. The session uh, starting back on October 6th, 15th and till now have been conducted with full Spanish translations. For more information and to register, you can go to www.auroratacil.org slash change. Remember, attack is just a Navy term for a dash. 
And after that, oh, mitigation is in full effect. Yes. Bars, restaurants, the casino, for all you gamblers, you gotta be out of there by 11 o'clock p.m. Um, there is only availability to eat outside with reduced capacity up to 25%, or excuse me, uh, 25% of the bar or the restaurant can be used, if I'm not mistaken. Am I wrong? Uh, no indoor dining. Okay. No indoor dining up to 25 So that means stay the hell home. Private. I thought that was 25% of 25% capacity up to 25 people, but no indoor dining. Ah, gotcha. So yeah, you may as well just stay home. You may as well just or come visit the fire museum. Or visit the fire museum, right, right. Carry out. Carry yep, out. exactly, yeah. Order carry out, carry fire out. museum, there's your whole day right there. And I think Gillickson's has some new meal kits they're launching this week, you know, take, uh, they take the home meals. Yeah. So, like, they have uh, every day, like, the burgers and mac and cheese, and then they have a daily special. So today's Paco's Tacos, tomorrow's the meatloaf, looking forward to that. Um, it's, like, $15 for a meal for two. Comes with the meatloaf to take it home and cook it, sweet potato and veggies. Or $28 for four servings. Because they were they introduced like the $7 daily joints, right? Daily meals or something. I don't know if they're still doing those. Those were okay, for lunch. Those were good. Those were yeah. lunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck. Family show. Forget my language, yo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are good meals, though. Um, so, without further ado, we will get into our interview now with our brother, Mr. Phelan. What's happening? What's Not happening? Not much. Thanks for having us on. and. Thanks for coming down to the museum. No doubt, yep. This is my third, no, excuse me, my fourth time coming to the museum. And each time has been fun. Each time has been real cool. Yep. I stopped counting after like the first week. Especially <laughs> since you got that job here, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so we're here to learn a lot about the museum and uh, learn about who you are. Yeah. Uh, and so we'll take it away. Yeah. Well, so my name's Brian Failing. I'm the executive director here. Uh, in March, it'll be my fifth year anniversary here. Uh, so, or five year anniversary, so I've been here five years. Um, and we're in Aurora's 1894 firehouse. Uh, served the city from 1894 to the fall of 1980. Uh, sat empty for a few years and then our nonprofit came around and uh, got the building back up into its you know, grand appearance from the 1890s and opened the museum. Nice, and we're gonna talk more about that, about the history of the mm -hmm. museum and, and all that, but. Yeah. What about you? Where were you, where were you born? Where were you so from? I was uh, born and raised in Lyle. I okay. uh, went to Naperville North, uh, North Central for undergrad, uh, history and urban studies, and then uh, went to uh, Eastern Illinois and did my master's in history, historical administration, so uh, nonprofit museum management. What made you want to study like history and historical studies? That's something really so, unique. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when I was in uh, undergrad or in high school, actually, I took an urban history class, and that you know really got me interested in Chicago history and local history. Always kind of had an interest in it, and when I um, you know was looking for college, uh, where to go, and I was between a few schools and landed on North Central and Naperville. One um, that I wanted originally to do secondary education in history, uh, be a high school teacher. And uh, one of the professors there was uh, Ann Durkin Keating. Uh, so she was my, ended up being my advisor in my time at North Central. Um, and I also had a museum job during that time. Um, so I was the curator of a museum the whole time I was an undergrad. And then uh, when I went to grad school, kind of did some in-between stuff with museums and landed this job afterwards. Interesting. Yeah. 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 I know. <laughs> Growing up, 
What impact did your mom have on your life? Oh, you're just throwing that wrench. <laughs> um, just like, you know, curiosity and doing things. Like we'd always, um, when I was younger, go to uh, museums or the zoo uh, out to eat. Um, you know, we always, you know, like to go out shopping, mm -hmm. uh, go to uh, thrift stores and uh, Goodwill antique stores and stuff like that. What's one lesson that she's kind of carried over? You, you're kind of taking with and, and going with that. Uh, just like the importance of family. Yeah. Keeping that mm -hmm. in touch with it. Yeah. Good. What benefit does a fire department serve to a community? So, I mean, it just goes back to, first and foremost, you know, the reason that, you know, volunteer fire departments were started and this idea that, you know, to protect the community and to protect businesses and property. Um, so, you know, protecting people's businesses, people's homes, you know, making sure they don't burn down. You know, now it's a lot more than that. Um, now it's also, you know, this idea of public safety. And so fire safety, fire prevention, you know, teaching uh, children and families all about fire as well. Well said. Um, so the, but the spirit of men getting together in a community and banding together and creating the fire brigade and those, and, and that, that's an old institution. Mm -hmm. in America. Uh, it goes life. back to uh, Colonial America, uh, Benjamin Franklin creating the first fire companies. Really? Mm -hmm. um, and then evolving from there, it really just changed and got better with technology, right? So what are some of the, let's talk about some of the advents in technology when it came to, mm -hmm. you know, being used by fire departments and those kind of men. So, I mean, in the 1800s, you know, we started with bucket, or even the 1700s, bucket brigades. You know, they didn't have fire trucks and fire engines like you see today. Um, then, you know, the 1800s come along, you have, you know, hose carts, um, and you'd either go to a hydrant, uh, early precursor to the modern hydrant, or like a water source like the river. Um, then like the 1850s come along, you have things like a hand pump like we have on display here. Uh, and that, you know, kind of took some of the work away from the firefighters, but I mean, they were still needed to, you know, operate the apparatus to pump the water. Uh, and then you get things that were, you know, pulled by horses instead of by people and, you know, kind of mechanizing that um, process even further. And in the early 1900s, you get the first motorized fire apparatus. Hmm. What, what was the bucket brigade? So quite literally what it sounds like, um, you know, every home, I want to say it was uh, for every chimney you had, you had to have two leather buckets uh, in your house. And so uh, if the church bells went off or someone went down the street ringing the bell shouting that there was a fire, you'd all come out with your buckets and you'd form a line between uh, the fire and the water source and pass the buckets back and forth. Interesting. So even back then it was all about community and yeah. saving each other and helping each other. Definitely. Um, What's some of the earliest recorded um, fires in Aurora or Illinois? Uh, is there any, do you have any history about that, like some of the uh, milestones and mm -hmm. that took place in Aurora or Illinois? Yeah, so one of the biggest ones I mean I would, you know, turn to would be, you know, going all the way back to the 1870s. So 1871, the Great Chicago Fire. Uh, so we just passed the 149th anniversary, beginning of October. Um, you know, that ravished the city. You was know, it a really a cow that did it? No, it was not the cow. Okay. I mean, 
think what you may, but I highly <laughs> doubt that it was the cow they did uh, exonerate Mrs. O'Leary and her cow. Uh, but uh, that took out three square miles of the city of Chicago. But that really paved the way then for changes in fire codes and building uh, types and you know the way we look at cities. So. And they weren't Aurora fire. Fighters, mm -hmm. or they're probably volunteer back then. They were volunteer firefighters, they and we had or not contributed the fire, but they, yeah. <laughs> they helped out, assisted. Yeah, we sent uh, about seventy-five firefighters into okay. Chicago, and they were there for a couple of days, uh, kind of, you know, what at the lakefront, uh, making sure the fire didn't keep burning north. Really? Mm -hmm. Is there there's recorded history of that? Do we have that? Is that here? You have to come to the museum and find out. Let's take the tour. Oh, okay. You know what? <laughs> and it's in it's in the Aurora Beacon that they went and, uh, okay. and to my knowledge also too like when they had the pumper that went down it went down on the um, you know BNSF mm -hmm. railroad took it down really why because um, just with the distance between here and Chicago it would have taken them substantially longer to pull it by horse to the city than take it by a train oh I did not know that um, what year was this building uh, created and erected? When did it open? 1894. 1894. What was Aurora then? It was a lot smaller. <laughs> um, you know, so like, if we're just looking at like the fire department, you know, 1890s, you know, we had, I want to say, we had either three or four stations at the time. Um, this being one of them, where Branch Gardens is now is another station, and then there were a couple other uh, throughout downtown. Okay, but the city of Aurora? Um, you know, the city was really still, you know, it was branching out from around this area. I mean, the railroad was still here. Um, a lot of the factories were up and down the river. There were a lot of bars in this area where the museum is now. Um, kind of like from here to the railroad tracks from uh, New York to Spring, uh, there's like 40 or 50 bars um, in this little area. Bars? Heavy factory. industry, factory, volunteer fire brigade. Well, mm -hmm. the fire department. The erecting of a fire department, yeah. Yeah, the fire department goes back to the 1850s. Right. And so this is actually the second fire station on this property. Right before this building was built, there was a, a smaller wooden structure on the police and fire departments were ne right next door to each other here. It's a hard scrabble lifestyle. Aurora's come a long way. Now we got boutiques and shops. You can get gourmet coffee, get a scone with the blueberries first thing, <laughs> you know. Um, I think that one of the things that draws me to this place, I'd like to know what other people, uh, what the feedback has been, is that you can actually touch um, items. I'm gonna stop talking to him. That's, that's twice now. Then he's come through and. Uh, I think it's one of the former fire chiefs. The ghost of uh, yeah. the chief. Uh, Lloyd Gramley. It could be. Um, could be like a little girl, Harriet, maybe. Oh, Jesus. Harriet, Harriet, can never can like you. So you can see the history from like the 1850s and go through and walk through. There's different visuals, everything. You see the style, the styluses out there that you can tap on it so you don't have to touch the screens anymore. The and time you can is, walk through the history. Yeah. Or it'll just go off again like or that, you know? The time is now 8.32 a.m. and the sound you heard was the voice of a dead man.
Accountability in government is not a nice to have, it's a must have. That's why I'm voting for Tracy Miller for King County Board, District 4. As a mother and businesswoman, she understands the middle class. She's fighting to keep property taxes from going up and to keep us, the citizens, informed of what's taking place. I want a voice in county government that listens to me. That's why I'm voting Tracy Miller on November 3rd for King County Board, District 4. Paid for by Friends of Tracy Miller. Good morning, Aurora. I am Brenda Rogers, candidate for Kane County Recorder of Deeds. As your next Recorder of Deeds, I will protect our taxpayers' investment, bring awareness to the position, and do outreach to our residents and veterans. I am asking for your vote during early voting, mail-in ballot, or on November 3rd. Vote for Brenda Rogers, Kane County Recorder of Deeds, paid for by Citizens for Brenda Rogers. Speaking, that was very spooky. Halloween's coming up. Halloween is coming up. All right, if it does this the third time in this interview, it probably will. It'll be the 1920s next. Who's Harriet? <laughs> so over the last, oh, no. so, uh, <laughs> um, so we gotta go back a while. So, you know, we've done some paranormal investigations here at the museum and we've done some programs um, the last few years. Uh, we, didn't, we didn't do them this year just with COVID and that, but, um, so my previous museum assistant, Kayla Wagner, uh, she was um, she started off as an intern. Her first day as an intern, the museum was closed. We're upstairs. I'm showing her around the museum, showing her the collection, and we hear like this little girl laugh, like this distinct laugh. And so we're, you know, we both leave what we're doing. We walk through the whole building, the whole perimeter of the building. Nothing. So that's March, or sorry, June. Fast forward like four months, October. Um, one of the ideas she had is that we should do paranormal investigations here at the museum. One of our board, former board members, uh, Ashley, uh, had actually done something with the same group at um, Tinker Swiss Cottage in Rockford. And so we had them out here and did a program. And on the voice box that night, we heard a little girl laugh, and it was oh the gosh. same voice. Um, it's not in the brochure. So yeah, we uh, <laughs> you know we don't promote it or really advertise it, but you know we you know staff have had things happen at times that we can't explain um, and things like that. You know, heard footsteps. You know, felt like doors closed. Felt like someone was there, but you know, never really. Um, you know, it's one of those. You know, we we're okay. not saying it is, but we're not saying it isn't. Um, so we leave that up. Did you guys come up with the name Harriet, or was there a story of a girl named Harriet in this area who fell between the train tracks? So, so we don't know exactly, but we do know we did get the name Harriet multiple occasions, and um, we, you know, do have some stories and some things have lined up about little girls, um, you know, that might have lost their lives and stuff like that. We don't know for a fact if they were named Harriet or not, but. Right. Um, it's come up on the voice box and a few other that is uh, interesting things history. we've done. It's not even okay. Yeah. <laughs> this is not yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, but a great time to come visit the museum. I know, right? <laughs> wow. <laughs> learn all about like the paranormal. Um, what is this that we are sitting behind? So we're sitting behind uh, one of the five apparatus that we have on display. Uh, this is the 1948 American La France engine from Batavia. Uh, okay. So being a regional museum, it's one of the pieces we do have that's more representative of the region. Uh, but this piece also does have a tie back to Aurora uh, and is in this building. So uh, 
there's a fire kind of where the parking lot is for the casino now, mm -hmm. um, behind Gillerson's there. And um, it was uh, Easter 1967, um, Old Cotton uh, caught fire, burned down. We had the same model uh, engine, it was parked a little too close to the building, and a power line uh, fell on it and engulfed the vehicle. No one was injured, but took out the vehicle. One. Two, uh, when we went, responded to that fire and were there, this piece of equipment did come down to Batavia and provided relief to the city of Aurora in this building. Ooh. So it's kind of fitting that it's you know, come home here uh, to be on display. Still owned by the fire department in the city of Batavia, but um, you know, it's been down here uh, at least the last decade. Because the Aurora Regional Fire mm -hmm. Museum, so what other companies do you um, so in terms of looking at what we have on display, so the uh, steamer that we have from uh, the early 1900s, that is from Chicago. Mm -hmm. uh, the 1918 engine we have is from LaSalle. Um, and so that's actually one of the first two motorized apparatus that LaSalle, Illinois purchased. And it's also only like a dozen serial numbers away from the 1918 one we had here in Aurora. And then, um, so there's kind of the ones that we have represented in apparatus and we're gradually trying to add to our collection to be more inclusive of the region. So how many other museums are there in the area? So I mean we're the, I believe we're the only one in the local area that has a professional museum uh, staff. Um, most of the other ones are you know smaller operations mm -hmm. or run more by volunteers. Uh, it doesn't change the quality of them just you know it's a matter of fact. And so um, up in Elgin, they have an old fire barn um, that is a museum as well. Uh, Chicago has a museum. Uh, and there's some other ones throughout the state, but those are the two uh, other larger ones in Illinois. What was your first job? Um, first museum job or first job period? First job. So my first job was I had a seasonal position at Honey Baked Ham. So, well, filling the cooler, uh, <laughs> let's see, when did I turn 16, like, uh, it'd be like 2008. Honey baked ham. Yep. Honey baked ham to the fire museum. Yep. <laughs> yeah, filled the shelves and uh, all of that. Yep. Um, how many regional fire museums are in Illinois? So, technically speaking, we're the only regional museum. Okay. I mean, there is also a state museum and stuff like that, but... Have you been to the state museum? No, I've not. Where is it at? Uh, down in Springfield. Oh. I'm going to go down there to that museum. <laughs> go check it out? I am. I am. And you guys do a lot of efforts, or a lot of your fundraising activities that you do are not only to preserve some of the equipment, but do I talk a little bit more about that? Sure. Um, so a lot of our, uh, all of our fundraisers and all the money we raise really goes back into keeping up the exhibits, keeping up the apparatus you see. Uh, one of the, our goals in the future is, and we started raising money for this with our holiday ornament sales this year, is uh, we have um, several apparatus that are stored off-site. So we have four stored off-site, only one of them runs. And so one of them off-site is our 1942 American Lutheran Zendon serve the city of Aurora out of this building, and we really want to see that one 
restored and hopefully brought back on display and be able to take it to community events and programs. Great, mm -hmm. definitely great. a great. Yep. That's very cute. So. And you mentioned the holiday ornaments. Mm -hmm. So what, what's that? So I actually got one here. We have, uh, it's a 1942, like I said, American LaFrance engine. Uh, so it's a, a 3D um, ornament um, creation of the vehicle. Uh, they are $20 each, mm -hmm. uh, two for 35 and $2 from every ornament sold uh, goes into the restoration fund. So, uh, so far we've sold about 170 ornaments, I believe. Wow. Um, so there's, we still got some left, uh, so it's not too late to get them. Um, and we have them available if you go on our Facebook or from our website, uh, you can place your order for them uh, for pickup or we do ship them. Uh, this year we've shipped about 40 packages across the U.S. everywhere from here in Aurora out to Montana, Rhode Island, Florida, uh, Wisconsin, California. Uh, we send them across the country. Did you do that every year? So now the third sort here? This is now the third uh, ornament that we've done. Okay. Uh, we have some other ones we get periodically, but this is the third kind of exclusive one we've done. Uh, so the first one was this building. We did that three years ago. And then last year we did Station 3 where Branch Gardens is. Uh, okay. The building's actually older than this building by about eight years. And then uh, this year we did the 1942. I think next year uh, we will continue on the apparatus trend and we will either do um, our 1921 Stutz, which is on display that we use in parades uh, since it'll be the 100th anniversary of the vehicle, or we'll do our 1964 uh, ladder truck. We've got the uh, fire department right next door. Do you guys ever do any joint um, event ventures or kind of initiative like that? So every year in October, we do an event called Community Hero Day. Uh, and so the last few uh, years, they've uh, helped us out and brought vehicles over. Uh, this year, um, actually every year, the fire cadets and fire explorers will come volunteer. Um, this year, we're really fortunate. They brought out a reserve engine, uh, just since we had to limit you know, how many people were present, because normally we have them just pull out everything from Central onto the apron and people could walk up and interact. Uh, but what we ended up doing this year is they brought a reserve engine and the cadets actually walked around and explorers and you know interacted with visitors and kind of showed them what some of the equipment and tools uh, on the vehicle was. Um, so we do that every year. Um, we always, um, you know, it's a two-way street, you know, we support each other. Um, so whether it's a promotion ceremony or we have a new exhibit opening, you know, we support the fire department and the fire department supports us. Now you've been here five years. Mm -hmm. um, take us back to getting the job, the early days, that first day, that first week, getting your getting your legs under you. What was that like? Uh, it was a lot. I mean, you know, when I started, I uh, was just so actually I was offered the job because I was going down to Eastern to take my uh, oral examination for my master's degree. Mm -hmm. Uh, so when I started, I was basically less than two months away from walking across the stage to get my master's. Uh, and so, you know, really coming into, you know, any position, but especially coming into this position where I was taking over for uh, individuals that had been in the job for 10, 15, even 20 years, uh, and being part of the organization, it really was, you know, um, a big role to fill. Um, and so, and also too, just being so young and, first time being an executive director and coming into 
uh, Aurora, where you know you have people like Arlene who have been around Aurora and been in charge of SciTech for a number of years. John Jaros, Historical Society, been around for 20, 25 years. Um, you know, just coming into the scene and just you know, it took some time to uh, get involved, but you know, I really you know made it a, my point to you know make myself and make the museum more involved in the community. Uh, that's our involvement with Explore Downtown, being involved in everything from First Fridays to um, you know the uh, Art Ramble and Ukulele Fest. Anything and anything and everything we could be a part of, uh, we have been a part of for the most part. Um, so just being involved in the community, being involved in the chamber. Um, you know, at the end of that year, uh, I was elected to the board of directors for Aurora Downtown. Uh, I now serve on a committee with Investor Aurora, so it was just, you know, very much, you know, a conscious effort to make the museum a bigger part of the community, because uh, we've been here for so long, not only the museum, but this building. Um, a friend said that they like your boots. Oh, thank you. <laughs> they shine it, right? Because like, bing! Um, now, you're from Lyle. Mm -hmm. What's the, uh, what's, what's, you're from Lyle, but you're in Aurora now. Mm -hmm. You live in Aurora. Uh, live in Plainfield. You live in Plainfield. Yeah. Okay. Work in Aurora. Yep. <laughs> Work in Aurora. Aurora. Um, what do you, what do you like about Aurora? What's, uh, what do you like the most about it? Frankly, you know, it kind of goes back to one of the things that drew me to this job was, you know, the building. You know, if you look at, you know, downtown Aurora, just all the uniqueness and architecture from having a Carnegie Library to, you know, having the 1930s post office to having this building, the GAR Hall, and then just looking up. Shout out to the GAR, Eric <laughs> Fry. Uh, looking at uh, all of the, uh, you know, buildings um, and the, you know, wealth of architecture that is down here. Um, just incredible. The yeah. roundhouse. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's nice. It's I've, this is a very unique building too. Mm -hmm. uh, when you look at it from the outside, it's visually appealing. When you stand directly across the street in front of the now painted windows with the Sugar Skull City and all that, if you look at this building, especially with the snow, mm -hmm. this building when it's if you ever anybody watching this building <laughs> when it snows and has the snow packed on those places where snow can't easily fall off of. It's very nice. So it's really cool. Um, what is this that we have in front of us? So this is a 1850s uh, Buttonham Humper. Yeah, uh, people have to come see this. <laughs> it's uh, very similar to uh, what we would have used here in Aurora. It's not from Aurora, but uh, it's representative of what um, we did have and operate out of this building. What was, uh, what was the shift like from the bucket brigade to the next level of effective firefighting? What, and what was that next level after the bucket brigade? So after bucket brigade, you kind of, you know, it kind of goes hand in hand. Uh, we had, um, you know, hand pumpers like this, and we also had hose carts. So um, you kind of see that here in Aurora. East and West Aurora had different... Uh, ways in which they fought fires and so you know we're sitting here in the fire museum on the east side uh, we got um you know used our funds for firefighting to purchase equipment uh, such as this 
but on the west side, uh, they installed um, a holly hose system. So basically, there were pressurized pumps, similar to the modern-day fire hydrants, that uh, took water from the river and took it throughout town. So they would just need a hose cart, hose, and a nozzle. Um, they would connect to these pumps and put out fires. Aurora was fighting fires separately? Yeah, so uh, East and West Aurora, um, they had different uh, views wow. on how they wanted to spend the money. Amazing. Different views on how to fight fires. Amazing. <laughs> Thank God we got together, right? Yep. Johnson McCarty. <laughs> um, this building, uh, well, first, before we get to that next part, uh, who's your staff? Let's shout out the staff members. So, um, we, <laughs> it's uh, one and a half of us. So, uh, myself and then uh, Rachel Olson's our museum assistant. She's been with us just over a year. Okay. And then we have a board of directors of up to 15 uh, individuals as well. Nice. Very cool. And you do things, you mentioned you do things with Invest Aurora mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, I'm on the uh, retention committee, business retention committee with Invest Aurora. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, so, what's coming next with the Fire Museum? Uh, so actually, this weekend we have our annual fundraiser. Um, it's called Sound the Alarm. So we're going to sound the alarm. And uh, so that probably one of the kiosks will go off now. Uh, but uh, Sound the Alarm fundraiser. Um, we're doing it at Oswego Brewing in downtown Oswego, uh, which you know, we really uh, wanted to uh, you know, be able to do the fundraiser again here in Aurora. We did it at Two Brothers. but. You know, unfortunately, due to COVID, Two Brothers is not doing any carry out, any you know, uh, outdoor dining and stuff like that. So quite sad. Um, we'll be down as we go brewing. We got for sure four restaurants confirmed uh, entering their chili. Uh, tickets are thirty-five dollars. We only have about twenty left. Um, but with your ticket, you get to sample the chilies. You get a cookie from Treadwell Coffee. Uh, shout out to Treadwell. Uh, coffee this morning. I already finished mine. I had to go get another one. <laughs> Um, and then you get a, a one beer ticket. Um, so Oswego Brewing is located in Oswego's Old Firehouse. And so they have a beer called uh, Old Firehouse. It's a cream ale. Mm -hmm. uh, so you get one of those. And then we have a live DJ. And then we'll also have a variety of raffle items that you can enter to win. Uh, some cool stuff we have is uh, we have some artwork by artist Chris Hodge. Uh, he's done a lot of work for us. Uh, he did a drawing of a fire engine in our building, steampunk style, so we have one of those. Uh, we have a 16 by 20 uh, picture of this building that was done by a Canadian photographer, Dan Sun. Uh, so we have one of those and it's signed uh, by him. Uh, so we got that. We got one hour in the gun range with Kane County Sheriff. Oh. Uh, we got a yeah. four to six hour uh, ride along with the Kane County, or with a Kane County deputy. And so we'll have raffle tickets at the event, so you can get those. Um, they'll be uh, 12 for 10, 20 for, uh, five, 5 for 10, 12 for 20, or 30 for 40. So uh, come on out and get your raffle tickets and uh, enter to win a lot of great prizes. We also have a lot of other baskets we're putting together. We have a make your own old fashioned basket. Uh, Tito's basket, a wine basket, a couple beer baskets, uh, Sweetgill Brewing basket, Miskatonic Brewing. So uh, we probably have between two dozen and three dozen different uh, raffle items uh, that wow. we'll be able to enter to win. So. Are you able to say what restaurants are participating so far? Uh, so, so far we have uh, Spartan House, O'Malley's, 
and then uh, Tavern on Broadway and Rule Wins. Uh, still trying to nail down a couple more, uh, but we got for sure four uh, entering uh, the competition. That's great because everything is so crazy with them now. I'm sure they need to focus yeah. <laughs> on some other things with the indoor dining. Not indoor dining. Indoor or outdoor dining. <laughs> outdoor dining. Outdoor dining. Carry out. What's the oldest artifact in our museum? There's a lot of old stuff. Um, it's not necessarily the oldest, uh, but we have some ballot boxes uh, that were used by the fire department to uh, vote in new members to the volunteer department mm. uh, from the 1850s to 70s. Very cool. Very so cool. voted in as a mm -hmm. volunteer? Yeah. Okay. So everyone would have to you know, vote on whether or not they wanted you, and it had to be a unanimous vote. Nice. Okay. Nice. What's your uh, favorite? Votes. Oh, my favorite. <laughs> uh, so I have a couple favorite. One of my uh, favorites is uh, we have a ventriloquist dummy. Oh. Um, he's on Instagram. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, he yeah. has his own uh, handle, uh, Smokey Burns. Uh, he's a ventriloquist dummy that was used in the 1940s by the Aurora Fire Department to uh, teach uh, elementary school children about fire safety. So the firefighters would take him out on stage sit them out there and then be behind the stage doing a uh, script with the firefighters. Um, by far my favorite artifact. Took me three years to get him on display, but he is now in a display case, you know, a little plexiglass uh, box for him. He's permanently affixed to a stool, so he's not going anywhere. Okay, um, I almost knocked him over once, I remember. Yeah. I know you're gonna find that hard to believe. <laughs> yeah, so we got him. And then some of my other favorites, um, we have, a, there was a photographer here in Aurora by the name of Casimir Arcot. Uh, Arcot uh, came to Aurora after he was displaced from Chicago during the Great Chicago Fire. Um, and he was a sculptor, a painter, uh, he did drawings, he did photography, and he had a studio down here in Aurora. Um, so a lot of Aurorans did have their photograph taken by him. Um, but he was a very prolific artist, in my opinion, and so we have two pieces of his on display. Uh, we have a, they're both from the 1890s. We have a life-size portrait of our first fire chief that was commissioned by the fire fighters for his 10th wedding anniversary. Uh, so that's of Chief Adam Shelberline. And then we have another piece that shows our 1893 um, engine and ladder truck with two horses in front of a fire station. We don't believe it's Aurora, but it's very reminiscent of the type of architecture that is here in Aurora. And I just found out that that might be a real backdrop, but regardless, the fire apparatus and some of the firefighters in it are accurate. Um, it's a really cool piece. It's about two by three feet. Uh, mm -hmm. We had it professionally preserved and conserved a few years back uh, to fix some problems with it. It was basically uh, done on paper and attached to canvas and over you know, 100 plus years it kind of deteriorated. Um, so we got that on display now. Um, and that's one of my other favorite pieces. So I'd say those three are some of my favorite pieces and they're all on display now. Uh, who made up the, the original like stock of firemen in this area? Are they immigrants? What kind of people were they? So I haven't done much research into the backgrounds of some of the uh, firefighters, but um, you know, a lot of 
those that did come to Aurora, you know, were immigrants because a lot of the immigrants came in because of the factories. A lot worked for the railroads, a lot of the other uh, industry that was here and located along the Fox River. Um, and so it was a lot of immigrants. Um, just thinking about some of the names, I mean, Schoberlein, uh, German. Uh, so a lot of you know, European immigrants uh, came out um, and were part of the fire department. But like I said, I haven't looked at uh, the lineage of a lot of the early firefighters to you know, really understand their backgrounds. Interesting. So now during COVID times, what can people come out and do and experience at the museum? So we um, removed a lot of the hands-on components. So throughout our primary exhibit down here, there were things that especially children could pick up, touch, interact with. And we had a hands-on children's room upstairs. But uh, our first exhibit is still completely open. Uh, upstairs, we have a uh, Aurora Room with a timeline exhibit with a history of the fire department and an art exhibit currently. Uh, we're also opening a new exhibit from the National EMS Museum in a partnership we've had with them for the last couple of years. Uh, we have an education room as well that has an exhibit and we're working on redoing that as well. Um, unfortunately, though our children's room is closed right now, but hopefully at some point next year uh, we'll be able to reopen that. And you have memberships, you can become a member yeah. uh, of the museum. Yeah, so uh, we have a variety of levels of membership, everything from an individual on up to a business. Uh, but family membership is $40 for the year. Uh, otherwise, admission to the museum is $5 a person. So if you're a family of four, uh, you plan on coming down to the museum a couple times this year, um, you know, more than pays for itself. And you do get a uh, discount in the museum store. The time is now 8.57 a.m. and you are listening to and watching Good Morning Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast. And we are here with Brian Failing of the Aurora Regional Fire Museum. And the sound that you hear in the background is miscellaneous vehicles traversing the wet <laughs> streets of Broadway, Broadway in downtown Aurora. Um, so, anything that we forgot uh, Social media. Where can so, people find you? Yeah. So we are on uh, Facebook, the Twitter, is great. Instagram. Uh, shout out to Rachel. Rachel's uh, you know in charge of the majority of social media for us. Um, Smokey Burns has an Instagram as well, and then uh, Rachel just started a TikTok last week. Oh, okay. nice. All right. You can do a lot. It's a combination of just different history and different mm -hmm. events, and lots of good info on there. Yes. Follow. Yeah, definitely. And like I said, we have our fundraiser this weekend, so. Uh, if you're interested in that, make sure you get your tickets. Um, we only have about 20 left. Uh, and then uh, if you're looking for a holiday gift, uh, come on down uh, to our museum store. Like I said, we have the ornaments, $20 each, two for 35 We have great coffee mugs. Uh, we have some new coffee mugs that should be in in a couple weeks with the fire department logo on them as well. Those would be $12. And we have an exclusive candle as well. Very nice. I do, I do have yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> Very <safe>. cool. <laughs> yep. Um, so the show ends on a positive note. What is your message to the people of Aurora today? And it's Tuesday. You know, just with everything going on in our community right now with COVID um, and just everything going on in our world, you know, just really, you know, take time to you know, be there for your family, be there uh, for your community, you know, support local. Uh, whether that's you know your local restaurants, your local uh, stores, or your local museums, you know we're still here um, and we're still a part of the community. 
uh, and we want to be a part of this community uh, when this is all over. So, you know, be safe, be responsible, but, um, you know, know that when you want to visit us, uh, we're here. That's awesome. Good message. Good message. Uh, so, this has been a great interview and a great experience to be here at the Aurora Regional Fire Museum with Mr. Uh, Brian Failing. Uh, don't forget that it is still uh, Domestic Violence and Breast Cancer Awareness Month, so if you can, uh, donate your time or volunteer your uh, time or items or help or even kind words to great organizations to do so with our Healing to Healthy by our friends Susan May Romano and Amy Downing and also Neutral Ground. Other than that, uh, check out all the calendar events that the Aurora Regional Fire Museum has. Shout out to Invest Aurora and Aurora Downtown. And uh, on behalf of Good Morning Aurora, thank you to all of our followers, all of our listeners, all of our subscribers. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's where all the, you know, stay, see that? That's the heat coming soon. Uh, and uh, hope, hope you guys all have a safe, blessed, positive day. Peace.